That's okay. I mean, it's, uh, it's a situation that was... Uh. <laughs> Gentlemen, tonight we witness the end of Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I think it is time we all face the truth. We have to wrap up 146 years of history. You, we have to. You, you, you did that mass right before we came on, didn't you? I absolutely did. Thank you for breaking my flow. But we have to, we have to raise Tyne Castle to the ground. Uh-huh. We have to fire every one of the players. Uh-huh. We have to ban the colour maroon from being mentioned in polite society again. Uh-huh. We have to flog Lee McCulloch in the public square is what I would be saying if I was a more reactionary gentleman. What do you think, Robert Borthwick? Oh, I think all those things seem reasonable. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, yeah. As long as we uh, we make sure that we get uh, Lee McCulloch's secrets on his white teeth uh, before, we, <laughs> before we flog him. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of harsh reactions uh, online to Hearts losing their first game since March. I thought there was a big gap in the middle there, but Hearts losing their first game since March. Um, facts is facts, Robert. Facts fact, is facts. Facts is facts. Um, yeah, it was a uh, it, it was fucking shite, wasn't it? But um, you know, let's not let's not completely lose our minds. Not completely. We've let's... got two huge games against. Checks notes. Alawa Athletic, uh, the Wasps of the Indo Drill. Very large games. Yeah. Yeah, so let's lose about 70% of our minds. Okay. Um, hearts were utter pish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking rubbish. Utter yeah. pish. Um, well, we spent the first half sort of going, ah, Dunfermline, they've got a, an interesting strategy here. They're really pressing Hearts, so Hearts being the bigger, the better, the more confident team, or just letting them come on to us, let them tire, and then Hearts will hit them. Then they'll hit them. Any, any minute now they're going to hit... Watch out for them hitting them. It's going to... Popescu should have hit them hard, but didn't. No. Well, we'll come on to him. Yeah. Because my uh, my proposed structure for this week's episode is the uh, hierarchy of pish. Good. And we're going to start right at the top of the pyramid uh-huh. with Ollie Lee, the most pish hearts player on the pitch this evening, Robert. On the night, yes, absolutely. He always looks like he's running into a particularly strong breeze. Mm. Um, he, Where he's just checking his aerodynamics. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um He's just, he's so slow. Uh, and up against what was a really mobile and very impressive Dunfermline midfield of uh, McEnroy, Turner and Stephen Whitaker. Uh, yeah, he was fucking, he was really good. Um, it just it just didn't work. Both him and Halliday weren't mobile enough, uh, which meant that Dunfermline were pressing really effectively against both of them uh, and weren't allowing any balls through. And Ollie Lee was just, he was he was rubbish tonight. He was he was breezed past uh, a bunch of times by their midfield. Uh, he didn't offer us anything really going forward. Um, I, I can't remember too many incisive passes that he made. I can't remember any good passes that he made. Um, and he was on the pitch for far too long. I think he came off in like the seventieth or seventy fifth minute in the end. Um, he was really really poor, and we just needed someone a bit more mobile in there than him. Uh, Andy Irving is a little bit more mobile than Ollie Lee, and I think that would have been a much better shout for today. Well, absolutely. Um, I, th- I think with a player like Lee, what, if you're feeling you're most generous towards a player like that, you're saying, well, 
the the main problems today were defensively. Um, it was him losing uh, Don Thomas for the first goal that that really led to that happening. Uh, like he just could not track uh, Thomas's run uh, laterally across the face of the box. It happened two minutes before with McEnroy as well. The exact same. The exact same run. Exactly. Now, uh, McEnroy especially is a, a, a big, powerful laddie, uh, but Ollie Lee's in that position, and that's a job that he's got to do. Uh, so, But normally you would say, well, if, if you're getting those defensive deficiencies, it's worth it for the uh, the offence that he provides. Why am I doing that again? The offence. The offence? No, the attacking no that's not right either. That's, that's more wrong. He did provide offence to me, though. <laughs> the, uh, the attacking qualities that he brings, and apart from a few nice balls up the right-hand channel. Um, like, Well, he did that about three times, and you, you pointed out during the game that it was our only attacking outlet, so why didn't it happen 20 times? I don't know. See, in, in my head right now, it's just a, a sort of a placement card saying scene missing, because I've completely forgotten. I don't even know if it was Ollie Lee playing those balls. I think it was mostly Michael Smith playing the ball in the channel. Um, yeah, he, he was he was particularly yad, um, and he, he's he's not shown up in a few games now this season. Um, he was obviously, he was very, you know, he was decent against Hibs, which is a game that you want him to be decent in, uh, provided a, a great assist and, and showed what he can do. Um, but tonight, it should have been obvious from the first 45 minutes that he was not the answer to any questions that we might have. Um, it was it was really poor. When we were up against such a, a physical and driving midfield in Dunfermline, he was not there. And uh, what I was going to go on to say about the, the balls being provided is that um, Irving came on and not only was he more mobile, he provided the corner from which Hart scored their goal. And yeah. it was an absolutely cracking corner. Yeah. So um, mystifying why uh, that change didn't happen earlier. Uh, I certainly was crying out for it uh, much earlier than that happened. Uh, but I think the, the, the crime of uh, Ollie Lee being there was, was his uh, tandem with Andy Halliday, who is next in the hierarchy of Pish, who... Um, I mean, it is early days in his Hearts career. He didn't have a pre-season, but so far he's he's offered nothing. I think they're, you know, Lee and Halliday. We should maybe have the hierarchy of Pish and have them as a as a partnership. <laughs> well, uh, because it is because yeah. the partnership does not work. It doesn't work. Um, as as I was saying, like you know, maybe for forty five minutes against Hibs when they both played through the middle, um, it was it was all right because Hibs were particularly anemic um, in that game. But you know, it just. He, when he loses the ball, you know he's going to make a foul, mm-hmm. which is really frustrating. He's, you know, he's a central midfield Jamie Brandon. He does exactly that every time as well. Um, again, like he he offers plenty and endeavour um, and effort, and he, he is quicker across the ground, which obviously we can't see for uh, the, the breeze ridden Ollie Lee. Um, but Halliday is certainly better at that. But he he just misplaces passes too often, um, and I know you've got a caveat it with the fact that before he came to Hearts and he has played a lot of football since coming in he hadn't played any football since February before that um, but as a partnership him and Lee just doesn't work they don't understand each other's game which means that we're left we're left wide open sometimes because they've both pushed and they've both pressed when one needs to stay back and one needs to go and it just doesn't work there's no cohesion there whatsoever which means that the game bypasses our midfield so often we saw it against our Broth as well when they both played in the middle it didn't work and he's tried it again today. And I, I know we miss Haring, and you know we've missed Haring for over a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So that should be addressed by now, and and that should be something. A midfield partnership is something that we should have by now, but we just don't. Um, I'd like to see Halliday and Irving tried out 
Because I think that might work on paper. It's got a better chance of working than Halliday and Lee, certainly. Yeah, and a better chance of working than Lee and Irving, which we've also seen, which also didn't work this yeah. season. Um, well, I think what you've just said about Halliday there is uh, indicative of, of a larger problem with Hearts right now, is that we're relying on a lot of players that are working their way back to fitness. We've got Naismith, we've got um, uh, uh, Halliday, Boyce to a certain extent, uh, Walker is always... He's in a perpetual state of working his way back to fitness as uh, another injury will come in and rob him of fitness. I think Halkett's fit, but you could possibly make the argument about Halkett. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. I think he is fully fit. He's not been injured in ages. Fair play then. Um, Haring obviously isn't playing as much, but you know we are trying to nurse him back. Now, the, the argument is there that if we get all these top players back to fitness and working together and get minutes in their legs and it will benefit the team further down the line and I, I take that on board, that's fine but doing that has cost us three points today and if they're from and are actually this good it might be three points that we can't easily afford to give up I don't think Dunfermline will keep this run going for a season put that way, uh, if we win our game in hand against Aloha Athletic the Wasps of Indodrill um, then we're back to within a point of them. And I, I think that over the course of the season, we will still win the league and I think we'll still win it fairly comfortably. I don't think this is at any point panic stations that, oh my God, we fucked it, we're five games in. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I don't think that this is going to be a, a crucial result in our season. Um, but it's regardless of, of players working their way back to fitness, we shouldn't be, in my opinion, we shouldn't be losing any games in this league. No. Um, Dunfermline uh, are flying and they you know, they played that game like it was their cup final uh, they absolutely burst their gut completely threw themselves into the game uh, and a deflection and some shite defending has, has properly cost us but yeah, it's, I, I don't think it's one we'll be uh, ruining towards the end of the season in my opinion Well, that is definitely in the spirit of the hierarchy of Pish you reasonable bastards but let's continue <laughs> Uh, with our next player, which is uh, Mihai Popescu, yeah. but not necessarily for his defending, which he did fine. I do yeah. think you have a, a reasonable point that Dunfermline didn't exactly tear us to shreds. No. Uh, but uh, Mihai Popescu certainly had the two best opportunities, other than the goal, to uh, to score. I think he had uh, the second and third best opportunities, but he should have scored both of them. Um, and he just... I saw someone put on Twitter um, Mihai Popescu is Christoph Berra but he just plays it on the ground instead of through the air um, he misplaces <laughs> he misplaces so many passes um, he can be suspect defensively um, yeah he's he scares me a little bit um, all things told he should have scored twice easily should have scored twice uh, his attempted block for the goal is a weird one he's not thrown himself at it He's stood still and put his hands behind his back, meaning that he can't properly move when the shot comes in. He can't react to it. Yeah. Uh, which was just bizarre, um, in, in my opinion. And yeah, just, you know, I, I think it's just growing uncertainty over Popescu um, as the weeks go on that is, yeah, terrifies me a little bit. It's, it's fair to say. But um, I do think his uh, main error for the first attempt that he hit off the bar. Uh, was not realising that uh, Liam Boyce was in a much better position to score than he was. I have no doubt in my mind that Liam Boyce fucking screamed for that. I think he probably just thought, no, I'm going to do it instead. Mm. Um, I, I don't think this, you know, you can't pin any blame on Boyce because as a striker, he'd be thinking, this is mine, this is a goal. 
but Pescu rules early, he rules well um, as well, but he's at a weird angle, it's kind of almost behind him when he heads it, which means he's sort of like throwing the side of his head towards it, instead of planting his forehead. Um, the, sec- the second one's just a really bad miss, he gets up above everyone and he doesn't head it down, that's just amateur. Yeah, I mean the the first one, he has a case to say that he's running onto it rather than Boyce, which is waiting for it to land on him. So he can generate power. But Boyce, like, Boyce was running onto it as well, man. No, he, like, the, the way the ball came in, Boyce was running onto it too. Sure, but um, but like you say, Popescu misjudges that running onto it so he doesn't make clear contact with it. So the benefit of running onto it at, at speed is, is really lost. Whereas Boyce, mobile or static as he may be, is much better placed to place yeah. the ball into the net. And then there was a third header which Boyce was behind him again, uh, Popescu put over, and you could hear it on the, the TV commentary, Boyce. Like, at, like he screamed Boyce's, and then after the ball went out, he just screamed Boyce's again directly in Popescu's face. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, massively frustrating. But then, you know, Liam Boyce, well, I'm sure we'll talk about his header. Mm. Not yet, though. Not yet, though, no, because there there is another rung on the hierarchy to, to traverse, and that was uh, one of the people who were attempting to put balls in for people to header... Uh, Mr. Freer. I don't want to disagree with the hierarchy. I would have put him above Popescu. I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I'm not here to mess with the hierarchy. Okay, just know that. Sure. I respect the hierarchy. I do. I respect you. But you're wrong. Well, that was a roller coaster of emotions. But please uh, lay into Stephen Freer instead of me. Stephen Freer. What's his name? He's Stephen that, Freer's the director. He's that, he's that forgettable. <laughs> uh, uh, Elliot Freer, I do beg your pardon. Yeah, Stephen Freer's is a is a noted director. Cool, good. I hope he's well. Um, he could probably be a fucking better crossing than Elliot. So, Elliot Freer. Um, I, 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 I don't think he's very good. Um, he can't really... So, a, a huge thing about his success at Motherwell was the fact he could cross a ball. Um, I don't think he put in a single good cross at all tonight. He, for a winger, was caught offside way, way too many times. Um, he doesn't really offer much tracking back. He uh, doesn't really press. Um, he doesn't look like he's going to score a goal at any stage. He turns a really disturbing shade of red whenever he does any physical exertion whatsoever. Yeah, that was weird, eh? Maybe it was just the camera. You know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt on the whole like radiation thing. Well, do you think his Do you think his skin's made of the same material as David Marshall Scotland jersey? I think was? It, I think it might be. He's naturally orange, uh, but he, he comes across pink. <laughs> um, and that's no sorry, that's Lee McCulloch. Um, so Elliot Freer, <laughs> I meant his fake tan, man. Come no, on, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah, keep going. It's good content. Don't draw attention to it. Nope. Uh, yeah, Elliot Freer um, is is not filling me with any joy whatsoever. We really miss Ginelli as our proper winger. Um, Jordan Roberts, I'm not sure about him either. Um, but Elliot Freer, just, that's a couple of away games now, our broth and uh, and tonight, where he's just not offered us anything. Not even really an out ball. Yeah. He just, just doesn't offer us anything, which is bad for a winger. Um, I mean, it sure is. You um, like your wingers to offer something. He, he doesn't. Although... <laughs> Having said that, it was his very nice ball in for Popescu's miss. It was a very, very good ball in the middle. That is true. So there's that. That's true. That's that's the thing that he did. That's the thing. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it indicates a larger problem with this squad in that we, we do have the core players, like the, the big names that we're hanging our hat on, but a lot of the auxiliary players that we've recruited just aren't up to it and Elliot Freer is very much in that category. I think saying aren't up to it and putting a full stop after it may be harsh, but I think... 
tonight they were not up to it at all. Okay. Well, this next gentleman is certainly not one of the auxiliary players, and he certainly should be up to it. Mm. But uh, Stephen Naismith was not good tonight. Pooey. Very poor. Poor. Uh, yeah. Misplacing was his game tonight. Yeah, he was uh, marked and corralled incredibly well by Stephen Whitaker, um, who basically stood on his toes for the first 45 minutes. Um, we then moved him wide left. Uh, very, brief, very briefly until. And then he was uh, wide right. Yeah. So we, we kind of moved him from, uh, from width to width. And again, their fullbacks were pushing up on him. Um, so obviously there was a, a call from the sidelines from Steve Crawford saying he doesn't like it when you basically sit inside him. Uh, and that's what they did. And he just didn't offer anything. Um, he was trying wee passes around the corner, none of which worked. Um, he didn't really offer a goal threat when he was put through on goal. He tried to pass it when just just hit it, man. You're one-on-one with Owen Fon Williams, who's not very good. <laughs> just hit it or, you know, go around the keeper or something. It was such a weird decision. And for the first time, that's that you know properly seeing a lack of confidence from Stephen Naismith. Yeah, that's what you know. That's what that screamed to me is I'm not confident enough to score that goal, so he didn't do it. And that is it's just not something you expect from a guy like Stephen Naismith, who's been around the block numerous times and as a club captain, it just wasn't good enough. And you know, there's been a couple of couple of performances uh, this season where he has uh, underperformed. Um, he is one that is working his way back to fitness, and I, like. Jamie Walker perennially working his way back to fitness um, he showed against Hibs what he can do from a, a, a sort of deeper midfield position but you need to play him through the middle for that to properly work he is at best uh, as a number 10 when he's got two strikers ahead of him he's got two guys he can link up with and two guys he can split making mm-hmm. runs into the middle we didn't offer him that today and you don't see the best of Stephen Naismith when you don't give him that that opportunity Absolutely Now, what I would throw into this is Yes, he is probably still working his way up to fitness, but is he slowly getting to grips with the reality of what his actual top-level fitness is these days? Is he getting used to the idea of what Stephen Naismith in 2020 actually is? And he's he's still not quite comfortable with where his body is, where his body's going to be. Um, there, there was a, a, a case, uh, there was a moment where... Um, uh, I think we were de- defending... Uh, and there was a, a break of the ball, uh, and like Naismith was able to chase down the Dunfermline player. I'm probably going to cut this because I'm not remembering it. Jordan Roberts chased down the Dunfermline player, and it went through to Naismith, and that was his chance. No, no, it's, this was he was he was chasing after a Dunfermline player was about to collect the ball, and he tried to go for a sprint and then sort of held back because I think he realised just as soon as he tried the sprint that he wasn't going to be able to catch the player. Um. Yeah, it's maybe a minor moment. Uh, it's it might just be his experience of knowing how far away the player was, or that it was just going to run through to the keeper harmlessly, or, or or something. But it was, it was just a little tell that um, his physical issues might be more than just regaining fitness. Again, I think that's a wide comment to make. Okay, that's a yeah. I'm I'm not sure about that. Okay, personally. Okay. I respect you. I respect the hierarchy of Pish. <laughs> I do. I, I do. I do. Okay. But I think you're wrong. <laughs> With respect. The next gentleman on the hierarchy of Pish who uh, has possibly the biggest excuse for not being uh, completely sharp today is Mr. Liam Boyce. Yeah. Uh, three international games. He didn't in play week. in all of them. But it certainly played at least 70 minutes on, played on Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Which is uh, not many days before Friday. Yes, and then they got the ferry back. 
I mean, that's just by the by. I just think it's an interesting, interesting little fact. Perhaps he gets seasick. Who knows? Well, why did they take the ferry then? Can, can be very choppy. Why would they take the ferry if he gets seasick? This is, this is a big shrug. It's a big shrug I'm giving you. I don't know. I don't I, know. I thought you were justifying why he got the ferry. Is well, maybe he gets maybe he just fucking loves getting seasick. That's a kink for him. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that wasn't justifying the ferry. That was saying it might have been a factor in him playing more poorly today. <laughs> right. He okay. Was Jesus. Still feeling the, the the effects of choppy waters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been affected by choppy waters that made you miss uh, a glaring sitting header after a lovely ball from the wide position by Jamie Walker? No, I, I haven't personally ever been through that. Not in your career? Not in my career, no. Uh, do you think Liam Boyce has? I, I would say that potentially. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. It's okay. possible. Right. Today. Uh, any other theories on why he missed that, that glaring chance? I have fucking no idea, man. It was really bad because... He's got all the time in the world. Does he think there's a defender about to smash him? Does he think he's maybe offside? It's a tentative header. And if you watch it, it's a header. He didn't need to head. He actually could have gone at that with his foot. It's that low when it actually gets to him. He could have taken a touch. He had that much time. Um, It's a shocking miss from a player that should be putting them in every single time he gets the chance because that's a Liam Boyce that that we know from his days at Ross County Mm -hmm. as a guy that would just gobble those chances up. And I think at that stage of the game... If we get a goal then, I'd fancy our chances to get at least a point out of the game. Do we want to make any wild, potentially slanderous statements based on that miss and other misses or uh, lost chances that he's had so far this season for Heart of the Melodian? Yeah, uh, Just uh, something lacks of confidence or lacks of sharpness in front of goal. Like, Basically... Not quite, not quite latching onto three balls, things like that. We just need to keep winning penalties. I mean, it's this season of as much as any season. That is a strategy. Just keep winning penalties, and we'll be fine. He'll get twenty a season. <laughs> I wish you were the manager. There we go. Not, not something I've said uh, often. Ah. Um, the next rung on the hierarchy of pitch is actually slightly adjacent the hierarchy. Mm. It is. Craig Whiten, mm-hmm. because he was ineffective, but I'm not sure it was entirely his fault. No, I don't think so. We need to stop playing him on the wing. We just need to stop doing that. Do you know what? If if uh, if our wingers aren't fit, play a different system. Because Craig Whiten on the wing, as much as he, he puts in a lot of effort, he can't play with his back to goal as such. Um, mm-hmm. he, he can't really play in that, that wider... Well, he can play in a wider position, but not as effectively as he can through the middle. Hearts are a, a much more dangerous prospect when he plays through the middle. Uh, and we, we didn't offer him that today. And it was a damn shame. He just doesn't seem to have any idea where to position himself when he's playing there because... Well, he knows where to position himself. He places himself on the wing. But it's, it's what he does when he gets the ball. He, he doesn't take it in the right positions. Okay, sure. But for my money, like the the rest of the team hardly ever find him in positions when he's on the wing. Like he, He's very rarely involved in play. And they're very rarely... Now, this could be a, a comment on the, the people passing the ball. Uh, but, you know, when, when Ginelli is on the pitch, they find him and he, he works his magic from the wing. When Whiten's on the pitch, the, either the ball doesn't arrive at his feet or doesn't get played in front of him for him to run onto. He just doesn't seem to be part of the system when he's playing out there. Now, could be that the other players don't know how to pass to him the way that he likes. 
Or it could be that he just doesn't know where to stand to be effective from that area of the pitch. I think it's more likely the players are told pointedly, um, play it to the left because Elliot Fear is actually a winger, debatable. Um, and he's actually there to cross the ball in so White can make a run from that side. He can be more of a wide target man than a winger. He can be a, a wide forward. Whereas, you know, actually getting the ball and trying to move it into the box, we're always going to go down the left because we've got a player who can actually do that. Debatable in Elliot mm, Freer. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why we do it. You know, you, you see it when uh, when we play Ginelli. You know, we get the ball to Ginelli yeah. every single time because we know that he's going to get the ball into the box. And on the left-hand side, when Ginelli's played, it's usually been Jordan Roberts, who's not hit the byline winger either. Um, or it's been A.D. White. Again, you know, playing wide left rather than playing as a winger. Um, the, the entire point of this heart system should be get the ball in the box for Liam Boyce to score. Um, Whiten is put out on the on the wing to be more of a facilitator. If there are moves coming down the right hand side, he can maybe hold it up a little bit, play in Michael Smith behind or or Liam Boyce or whoever. But he's never going to be a winger, and he, he's never going to be played as a winger. I think it's he's he's on the right hand side, but he's not a winger. It's an interesting argument. I like the argument, mm-hmm. but the one thing I would say against it is that uh, one thing we know is one of Craig Whiten's strengths is taking players on one-on-one and beating them off the dribble. Now, not necessarily at uh, the speed that you would like for a winger, but it's it's something that we could try, like getting the ball to him, even if he has like the fullback close to him and seeing if he can beat him, create space that way, and then a, a cut back across the box for a runner from midfield. Might not work, but we could try it. We he's just try it. He's had moments on the right hand side in every game he's played on the right hand side, but they're like singular moments. He didn't yeah. have a moment like that today. Um, against our broth, he put in a great cross um, in the first half when he was moved out there when Janelli got taken off. Um, when he was sort of playing slightly wider against Hibs, he got the better Doig a couple of times. So he, you know, he does have the potential to to make things happen, but not often enough to hang your hat on him and say you are. <laughs> wide right guy because it's just not it's just not him all of this I think is leading to our final rung on the hierarchy but before we get there there's mm-hmm. one little diversion don't think we need to spend a lot of time on it mm-hmm. uh, Roberts yeah I, I'm not I'm not wholly convinced by him as of yet another one who is working his way back to fitness um, but I, I just I'm not 100% sure what he offers right now it, exactly it, it, it's early in his career he's fighting through uh, uh, fitness issues but I don't know what he's good at no, I'm not sure. He, he he doesn't take his man on. Uh, whenever he gets the ball out wide, he, I mean, nine, 19 times out of 20, let's mm-hmm. say, he'll turn back and find a Stephen Kingsley or a Andy Irving or whoever's inside him uh, and then stand there still and wait for the ball to come back to him. He, he's quite stagnant. He doesn't really move about. Yeah, he's he, not very fast. He puts himself about. I don't think he's particularly slow. Uh, but, he, you know, he puts himself about. He's a bigger laddie. Um, he, playing through the middle tonight, at, you know, was he like a target man option? Is that what we're looking for from him? He does win headers. Mm. Um, but he, do, he certainly just, doesn't look to shoot very often. He just, yeah, he did against Hibs, Christ. Um, he just, I, I'm not 100% sure what his role in the team is quite as of yet. And it's weird that this early in the season we're already really reliant on one winger, which is Josh Nelly, who's injured. Yeah. Which brings us to the, the final rung here. And you and I have expressed our love for the manager on many occasions, but... Uh, Robbie Nielsen was really quite exposed tonight. Uh, you, you touched on it earlier, but um, yes, injuries have played their part in the selection of the eleven tonight. But you come into this game knowing that you have one winger who is not particularly good. 
and it felt like uh, square pegs were being battered into round holes all over the pitch. Should he have had uh, a different approach? Should he have tried something else to get the best out of the players that we did actually have on the pitch? I'm not going to make a passion defence of Robbie Nielsen because he did get it wrong tonight, but bashing square pegs into round holes I disagree with. You've got Craig Whiten, but who else was out of position in that team? Arguably Naismith. No, I, I, no, it's a position that he's played bags and bags and bags of times for Hearts, let alone for anyone else playing in the sort of number 10 position. The only player that was out of position really was Craig White, and even then, he's played there a bunch of times this season. Okay, not well though, not effectively. Not massively, no. It's it's more the plan B thing, uh, mm-hmm. and, and what he tried to do to change the game uh, didn't really work. We were certainly better in the last like 15-20 minutes of the game, um, mm-hmm. when Dunfermline sat deeper and deeper and, and allowed us to, to come on to them a little bit that's when we got the goal um, but yeah sort of moving you know last rule of the dice was moving Andy Halliday to left wing back for example um, and, and sort of totally changing the, the shape of the team um, start of second half he did put White in um, up front with Boyce but he didn't play Naismith behind him which again that's kind of the key Yeah. Um, for me he, he didn't make the change for Ollie Lee quickly enough um, but you know I, I think that the players certainly more than played their part tonight um, mm-hmm. in how they performed and how they were a yard off it um, and, and just didn't look particularly sharp. Everything was really slow. Um, so I think it's joint responsibility um, for this one whereby the players didn't perform but Nielsen didn't change it quickly enough either. Sure thing. Um, ironically, I do think uh, wing-backs are one of the ways that potentially we could unlock the, the team in the absence of Ginelli. Because you're, you're talking about that front two with Naismith as the 10 behind them. So that either has to be um, a 4-4-2 diamond, which we have tried, or uh, a three a, a classic 3-5-2. And uh, getting the width from uh, wing-backs. Now, um, you could argue, is Kingsley mobile enough to do left wing-back when he's coming back from fit, trying to regain fitness? Uh, would your right wing back be Michael Smith or would you prefer him to be in the back three because he's the most reliable centre half we have fit at the moment uh, after uh, Popesco and Halkett? You know, would you be wanting to put Berra into a back three again? Uh, not after no. the adventures in the Premiership last season, I would suggest. No. Uh, Suter's obviously not fit. Who else goes in there? Well, possibly Haring, but, you know, is he fit enough to do it? I, I don't deny that there are issues, but um, this is the squad that was built specifically for this season. And again, it might well be that once the players have enough games in their legs, it's all going to be plain sailing and everything will be fine. But these are the issues that we have right now and the issues that need to be addressed. Dunfermline have had less games in their legs and they bodied us off the pitch, did they? Uh, Dunfermline have played less games in the hearts since uh, coming back to professional training. Uh, yes, but they're younger and fitter and don't have the, the injury record that our players have. Do you know that's kind of the fact? Possi- well, the way the, the way they were running today, I mean, it certainly suggests that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that completely holds up. Okay. We've played, I, I would say that we have played enough games now. We've played a fucking ton of games, actually, um, since the players came back. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure that's... That's an excuse. So, so what you think the likes of Halliday and Naismith should be up to speed by now? As much as the likes of Declan McManus and uh, you know all these guys should be up to speed, yeah, because they've they've probably played the same number of games. 
uh, you don't think lack of preseason for the likes of Kingsley and Halliday should factor in there? I don't. Th- I, I, Kingsley's not a part of any conversation just now. Kingsley's been great and continues to be great, and he was and he was probably our better performer today as well. And he got the goal. I think with with Halliday, um, yeah, yeah, you could probably argue that in terms of preseason. Naismith got a lot of preseason. Um, only really the players that didn't were Halliday and Berra. Um, who, who didn't get as much. Stephen Kingsley just seems to be natural or whatever the fuck he does. Um, you're asking the question about left wing back, I think he'd piss left wing back. I think he'd be absolutely great. I think he'd play centre forward. He's one of those <laughs> players that's just very good at football um, and you can trust him wherever you put him. He's probably, uh, in terms of what you're saying about Michael Smith, one of our better centre, probably our best centre half as well. Yeah. Uh, him and Halkett. So, yeah, I, 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 just, I just don't know if we can use the excuse to be honest, of like, oh, they're, they're getting games in their legs because we've had more games in our legs than anyone else in the division. Fair play. We don't have the answers. Uh, let's hope Robbie Nielsen does. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So, uh, that about wraps it up for this show because, uh, well, listener, if you think anyone deserved the songs, I thoroughly fucking disagree with you. Yeah, absolutely not. Is booing a song? <laughs> Boo! Oh, I've missed that. Here's the songs for Elliot Freer. Boo! Boo! Off the fucking pitch, you! <laughs> That's really good, Rob. Great Thank effort. Thank you. You win this week. Excellent. Um, can we bring ourselves to do a beef report on Aloe Athletic, the Wasps who play at the Interdrail Stadium near the Bridge of Allen? So. Um. Usually, so I, 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 as part of my uh, role on like the Terrace podcast and the TV show, it's all about talking up Scottish football. So I always find this quite hard. Like for example, I fucking love their like jacked up steroid wasp on their badge. For example, he's a he's fucking great. He is you would, tremendous. You wouldn't yeah. fight him. Um, what what is there to dislike about Owl Athletic? They're part time. <laughs> the, the fools. I'm just going to write them off facts now. Uh, they've got uh, very little seats in their stadium. Uh, I'm remember, is there a KFC very near the stadium like uh, visible over, from the camera overlooking yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I love KFC though overshadowed by KFC though is that a position you want to be in oh I'm not sure no 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 the fools there you go I don't like their kit I don't like gold and black hoops okay. I'm, just, I'm just not a fan of it I don't I just don't think it's a thing that should happen but it's what makes them the wasps and without it you wouldn't have roided the, up wasps the jacked up wasp yeah yeah if they were just black, they'd be like flies. <laughs> yeah, think about it. No. I Fair won't. Play. What else about them? Um, Do you think if they had if they had stripes, would they be the humbugs? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. They taste minty with a like a scent. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, Aloha, nah. Can't think of anything else. Great. Well, hopefully we think of something for next week's podcast if we played them twice. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Aye. Twice in the space of five days. Both at the end of drill, I believe. The the fixture computer has really given us something to chew on there. Yeah. I went to uh, Recreation Park, as it was at the time, in 2006 or seven, uh, and Yuho McKella scored... No. Wait. Yes. Yuho McKella scored a hat-trick. Oh, and man. Bruno Aguiar scored... Uh, a delightful little lob uh, to make it 4-0 I think Takis Fisas was captain that night and uh, obviously thinking about the, uh, the the era that we're talking about here um, the stadium announcer just completely 
gave up trying to trying to say the names. And I think the Tremendous. name I think the name that he gave up on was like Ibrahim Tal. It's like, <laughs> that's a really easy one, man. Like I think he brought, maybe just looked further down the list. Uh, and Michaela scoring each time, he was like goal scorer for Hearts, the big blonde laddie up front. <laughs> uh, and I got absolutely battered by hailstones because there is no cover from the elements uh, in in uh, Alawa. So no cover from the elements. Arseholes. Arseholes. Well, let's park that and see what we can come up with next week. Yes. Um, you know, we're, we're on the internet. Steve Crawford. Steve Crawford. Ah, oh, yes, indeed, it's fun time. Fun time, fun time. Gute Flanke von Hemel. Achtung, die Schotten im Strafraum. Den 2-2-1 für. Was für ein Weihnachtsgeschenk. It was uh, difficult. What's difficult? We've just got to beat them again, don't we? Yeah. I-